Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. These podcasts are designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of the bullying epidemic and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns, and I'm your host for the show, I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience. Currently, I'm a college instructor and have designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief as they battle the bullying epidemic. Today, we are in uh, part three of our 10-part series on everyday strategies, how you can help your students become their personal best and how by following some of these strategies you can become your personal and professional best as well. Okay, We are on strategy 21. Use your planning time productively. Planning time is for lesson planning, making phone calls to parents and meeting with other teachers or administrators. It's really not for socializing with teachers in the faculty room or for making your personal phone calls. You can do that on your lunch hour. Do your planning, your paperwork, or your grading during your planning time. Too often teachers take work home because they don't use their planning time productively. And maybe you can find some creative ways to use your planning time to work toward improvement of instruction. Believe me, your job is going to be easier in the long run. Planning periods are for planning, and with all of the expectations that are hung on teachers today, that planning time is necessary in order to be sure that your kids receive your very best. Use videos occasionally. This is strategy 22. Use videos, you know, once in a while as part of your planning. Not to kill time. You know, a video needs to complement your instruction. It's not to be used as something that just eats up planning time or eats up instructional time. So if you're going to use a video, make sure that the video is related to the instruction. And if you do show a video, my suggestion here is to give the kids a study guide to go along with the video 
so that they have to fill in some of the answers that are related to the video. This way you can be sure that the students are engaged and paying attention. Strategy 23. Use your cell phone on your planning period, not during class time. Now I may have to adjust this one a bit because lots of times teachers use their cell phone to call a parent during class time. I've seen this before. Many years ago, cell phones were banned in school, but after 9-11, that rule became enforced less frequently. Students should not be allowed to use their cell phones during class period, so it makes sense that we don't use it as well. We should not be an exception. And you shouldn't be taking calls, you know, personal calls anyway, or texting during teaching time. It just takes away from your effectiveness and sometimes can set a bad example as if the rules aren't for you. But I am aware that often because of just the, just the way the times are, that cell phones are something that you need to hang on to in the event of an emergency, in the event of needing to communicate with others, during that emergency, that part I understand. But, you know, for the most part, cell phones aren't to be used during teaching time. Make your phone calls during lunch period or on your planning period. Be honest with yourself. This is strategy number 24. Be honest with yourself about how you feel about students. You know that comment, I really like you but I don't like your behavior. Most of us have said something like this to a student. Here's my point here. You have to admit to yourself that certain kids get under your skin because you have to be aware of it because your body posture will, will absolutely indicate it. You know, and once you understand that you may not actually like a student, you can then try and take the necessary steps to build a relationship with that kid. The goal should be to help the student understand the negative perception others have of him because of certain behaviors, and then work to help the student change these negative behaviors. If you sincerely try to work with students and you're successful in, in extinguishing some of these behavior problems, who knows, you may end up liking them after all. But you have to be honest because your body posture, your words, your attitude will come out because of the negative thoughts that you have about that student. So be honest with yourself and make sure that if you have to make adjustments, you can and sometimes you may just have to grit your teeth. Number 25, don't draw unfavorable comparisons between students or with some students' brothers or sisters. I've seen this before. You know, I had your brother in my class, and, you know, you're nothing like him. You know, or, you know, oh, I had your brother. He was such a great student. What you're communicating there is that this kid's not a very good student. And if you've been teaching for many years, you know, that's bound to happen. 
Don't prematurely draw conclusions about your new student and don't compare the student with his or her brothers or sisters. Don't make comments such as, Are you as smart as your brother? Are you good in math too? You may believe because you had one student who was a behavior problem, any siblings will be behavior problems as well. Holding preconceived notions you know, such as these will just prejudice your opinion of the other kid or the sibling, and it's just not the right approach. So be aware also of comparisons between the students in your class. All students are individuals and have unique strengths and weaknesses. Recognize the uniqueness of your students and encourage them to become their personal best with the gifts that they have. Number 26. Maintain a kind tone of voice and attitude at all times, even when disciplining kids. Sometimes we can just fly off the handle. Now, everyone wants to be treated with kindness and respect. But sometimes certain students can really get on your nerves and the next thing you know you're speaking or acting in an unkind manner. Understand that once a student does something inappropriate or violates classroom rules, you can't turn back the clock. So now's the time to debrief that student as to what he did, what the consequences are, and what he should do the next time. If you do this correctly, you're going to hold the kid accountable. Then what you're going to do, you're going to impose the consequence. Then you're going to debrief. Too often we do this in reverse. We end up talking too much when a kid starts having a problem. and It becomes something like this. What's wrong with you today? Is something going on at home? Is there something you need to talk about? You want to go down to God, you know, all that conversation, all it does is give the student the idea that that good talking to is actually the consequence when it's not. And then when you try and impose the consequence, they get upset. Impose the consequence first, then have your discussion. 27. Stay knowledgeable in your subject area and be a student of the game. What do I mean by this? Take in services, take uh, courses, read books, become a student of your craft. Make sure that you're exploring new techniques, strategies, methods. Stay on top of it, stay current in the field, and evolve with education, evolve with the culture. This will help you to become your personal best. You will become well-read. You'll be able to have discussions on these topics. And who knows, if you take enough courses and you have an, an, a drive to do something else, you could become a college professor one day. Number 28, be adaptable. Practice common sense. What do I mean by this? A lesson is going south. Adapt. Strategies come in all shapes and sizes. What worked today may not work tomorrow. And sometimes we can fall in love with certain strategies and then discover that over time your students have adjusted to them and the strategy may not be as effective. Use common sense. Be ready to adapt or change your regular methods and, you know, in order to seize upon certain moments 
when, a, when just small adjustments can make all the difference in the world and whether or not a student is comprehending the content being taught. Adjust when necessary. Two things I'll share here. Consistency is important. Doing the same thing day after day. That's something that we should do. This way nobody has any questions. That's known as routine. But adapting and adjusting are equally as important if a lesson starts to fall apart. Use your head. Don't panic. Just make adjustments. You'll find that the kids will respect that and they'll understand that you're a human being too. Number 29. Deal with problems head on. If your students are having trouble academically or behaviorally, deal with the problem immediately. Don't ignore it with the hope that the problem will resolve itself. Often facing the problem head-on will involve more than one telephone conversation with a parent. Send notes home, stay in touch, document thing. And no matter how upset you get about the attitude of your student's behavior, you don't want the parents to pick up on that negative feeling you have about their child. Focus on speaking honestly with parents, but always speak kindly. A spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down a lot easier. Let parents know your expectations early on in the school year and be flexible in making necessary accommodations, you know, if you have to. I've always said, things don't have to be written down. We have 504 plans, we have IEPs, but if a kid's having trouble seeing the board, move them closer to the board. That's your adjustment. That doesn't have to be put down into a, a large 504 plan. Make adjustments on the fly as you see fit. You'll feel better, the kids will feel better. And it'll be something where you're doing your very best to ensure that kid can achieve at the highest level. Number 30, our final one for this episode. If you hear or if you see something, you own it. What do I mean by this? Years ago, if a student came into school bruised up and a teacher saw it, it became their responsibility to call protective services. Often teachers would come down to me and say, so-and-so is bruised up, we have to call uh, DIFIS or protective services, whatever it was called back then. And I'd say, well, let's make the phone call. And they said, well, can't you make it for me? And I says, no. I says, you saw it, you own it, you have to call. I'll stay with you during the call, but you have to make that call. See, the idea here is if you see something or you hear something, you own that until you can get help or get someone else to deal with that problem with you. Don't ignore things. Make sure that you are have your eyes open and your ear to the ground, which are, especially with bullying. You know, sometimes we can, you know, act like we don't see it because we know that we're going to have to put in a lot of time in trying to resolve a big issue. The bottom line is if you hear it or if you see it, you own it. 
and that's something that you need to be aware of. Well, my friends, that's your next 30. Everyday strategies. That's basically episode three. We're going to be back at you with episode four for the next 10 strategies very soon. And you'll see the information either in iTunes or on the podcast website. My name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. Be sure you go to my website, bullyproofclassroom.com. Remember, I'm going to have some uh, links posted on this uh, in the episode description that'll get you to a um, uh, motivational gift inventory. It'll get you to a spot where you can get this book, 100 Everyday Strategies. It'll be something. It'll be. Uh, it's a great website. It's a terrific website. If you're looking to take some courses for professional development, if you're looking for products, or if you need articles on any topic, and you can hear these this podcast right on the site. Once again, my name is Jim Burns. I thank you. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101.